Nierko here on ESPN 1000. Jeff Meller in for Carmen today and the rest of the week as Carm vacations in. He's, can, he's in Cancun, right? He, he is in uh, Playa de Carmen, which is just south of Cancun. Okay, there you go. So yeah. he's enjoying uh, the uh, he's enjoying the warm weather out there as we are taking in our warm weather for the week because today looks yeah. to be the warmest day. Uh, it is going to be. Brutally cold on Saturday for Bears and Bills. We've been talking a lot about the Bears today. A little bit about last night's Monday Night Football game up at Lambeau Field. Also, just scratch the surface a little bit about Justin Fields and the 1,000 yards rushing. And that's uh, the one thing that you and I both... It's a nice achievement. It is... I'm glad he's done it in his second year here. It's something... Hey, I'm all for it, too. If he wants to go ahead and uh, break the single-season rushing record for a quarterback, that'd be a cool accomplishment for him. But ultimately, when you look at it, what I look at and I'm actually most encouraged by is the fact that the Bears' offense is finally something you watch and you see them move the ball and score points, Yerk. And so he right now has 2,048 passing yards with 1,000 yards rushing. So he's hit 3,000 total yards of offense for a quarterback, which is honestly through 14 weeks, kind of the bare minimum, you know, when you look at it, it's great. He's dynamic. And I think more than anything, his ability as a, as a runner is not, I I knew he was an athletic specimen, but because of what he did at Ohio state, I didn't necessarily know that he was this dynamic of a running quarterback, right? I didn't know he could rival Lamar Jackson, you know, and Jalen hurts as a runner, because we really never saw it at Ohio state York, but He's got that ability. He's put on display. I'm hoping now that they can tap into what he is as a passer going forward, the guy he was at Ohio State. And I I haven't concerned myself with the run at all. I mean, that's what excites people, makes people go crazy. That's fine. Uh, I've been looking for the development in the passing game. When I saw it, I said, there it was. There it was. That's what I saw. It ended up in an interception against the Green Bay Packers. But nonetheless, that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. Him having the faith in the system to go ahead and make the throw. Blend the receiver if you want. I did. Because of a choppy route that the receiver ended up running. Yep. And I don't care if he was looking at him. That was the route to throw. The receiver needs to go ahead and make a better break on the ball. That's what it was. That's why I was happy. All the thousand, everybody getting giddy for a thousand yards. I don't care about a thousand yards. I don't care about his eight touchdowns that he's rushed for. Yeah. Don't care about any of that. Okay, I'm happy he's got the ability to escape the pass rush to get away and get positive yardage, period. Okay, that's what I'm happy he's got, the wherewithal to go ahead and get the hell out of the pocket and make things happen. That's what I like. But I will say, like, I'm encouraged. Hopefully it's it's to buy himself more time to find a receiver, which which I believe eventually it will be. And then if you've got to gain yardage via the run, go ahead and gain yardage via via the run. If you have to show it as a weapon to run an RPO, great. You have that weapon. That's what you've got. And then you go tuck it, bring it out, throw it on a quick slant, get yourself positive yardage. That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'll let you hear from the man himself, Justin Fields, momentarily. He just spoke to the media. They moved the quarterback press conference up to Tuesday because of the Saturday game today, uh, this weekend. But to your point about you know wanting to see him, I was encouraged in the fourth quarter when he did come back from the injury. He did find Byron Pringle, and I thought Moose Johnson – Moose Johnston did a nice job of articulating what I was thinking in the moment about Justin Fields breaking the pocket. But then after, you know, creating the fire drill, if you will, for the defense, he did find Byron Pringle in the end zone. This was Moose Johnson after the touchdown. And again, it's that opportunity where he's scrambling and 
you know, earlier in the year, does he kind of take the eight yards? This time, he's he's scanning down the field. You can see him looking inside, looking outside. All of a sudden, right at the last second as he breaks back out, he sees Byron Pringle uncovered down by the goal line. And I think that's what you get excited about as a fan, right? If you look at it and you watch, yeah, the great, you know, 39-yard run where he steps out of bounds at the 9-yard line or whatever it was, 7-yard line, whatever it was. You know, that, that's, that's visually appealing. But ultimately, if you're going to get to the next level, we need to see him progress and do what he did later in that game, right? Where now you're taking advantage of the defense, yeah, you, go you know, out. keying on you. They're keying on you. They're worried about you. And so you've got to be able to run for them to be able to key on you. And you've mm-hmm. already established the fact that you can do that. Then your wide receiver is running open. You flick the wrist, and there he is. Beam. Touchdown. That's the way to score. That's the easy way to score. And that ultimately is what I see him becoming. That is a I bingo. see him becoming yes. that, which yes. is a great thing. I don't celebrate a 1,000 yards no. for a quarterback. I don't do it. It's happened only three times for a reason. Yes. Because the quarterbacks aren't supposed to do it. Well, and ultimately, you see, you know, maybe... Well, Carson well, Wentz's career was ruined. And well, Jalen Hurts, right? Like, now the Eagle, the very same team, right. the Eagles, are dealing with their MVP candidate, you know, missing potentially the final three games of the season because he was, you know, he's a, he's a mobile quarterback who took an additional hit. And uh, the Soldier Field surface, which, by the way, Justin Fields is going to be calling home for a few yeah. more, a cold Soldier Field surface. Not yielding. It's, it can be like concrete at times. Yeah. So uh, Fields was asked earlier today, uh, hey, our defense is creeping up on you because of this running ability that you've shown. Yeah, I think it happens in more, you know, zone coverage where they have, you know, eyes towards me. But, um, you know, defenses that, you know, play man on man, they're pretty much going to stick with their defender unless they, you know, hear the crowd yell or something. And that means, you know, that they're, they're that I'm, you know, scrambling or, you know, somebody else has gotten the ball. But, you know, zone coverages where they, you know, you know have eyes on me and they might lose a receiver or something like that. Um, they they open that opportunity more for you know keeping my eyes downfield and you know finding somebody down there. But man coverage, you know, if you get a guy that's a, a DB or a defensive back or a linebacker that's you know playing you know man coverage on their guy and uh, they're, they're sticking with them the whole time, you know, you don't really get as many of those you know ops downfield. Fields was also asked uh, what he's seen on film in some of his big runs. Uh, just see me making plays and kind of just see it you know happening. Um, you know, I don't really. You know, I don't really plan it before it happens. It just, you know, ends up happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, just trying to be smart in that decision. Um, and, you know, like I was telling Colleen, it was just, um, it, it really just happens in a, in, in a, in a matter of a, a second, like a split second to where, you know, my first initial thought is I'm trying to protect myself. I'm not trying to take any big hits. And then um, if I see a little crease or something like that, I might, you know, try to, you know, hit that crease just for, you know, extra yards or try to, like, break one tackle. But, um, yeah, I mean, my first thought when running is just, you know, protecting myself. I'll give you one more here because, uh, as I mentioned, Justin Fields, I don't know if anybody really knew exactly what he was as a runner before he got into the league because, again, it was... He didn't have to do it. At Ohio State, he had all those you know elite skill position players who he could throw to who would win their one-on-one matchups, and he, more times than not, they were, you know, his first, his first oh, uh, read was open. But now, at this level, it's been different yeah. because, obviously, the Bears don't have those same skill position players he was asked uh, specifically about improving as a runner in the nfl yeah and uh, i think i'm yeah i think you know i've definitely improved as a runner and i think just you know myself as a person is just or myself as a player it's just you know it's just you know adaptation so um of course i've had to run run a little bit more this year so i think you know my body's adapted to that and of course it's gotten better at, at running so um you know just trying to adapt to the game and you know adapt to you know what i need to do to help my team win
Anything stand out from Justin Fields there from the things we said? We, no, uh, no. I, I, I think he knows what it takes to be a successful quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think a necessity this year has forced him to do things that maybe he doesn't necessarily want to do. I think he's become better as a passer. I think he knows that he's become better as a passer. Especially like the last couple weeks. Uh, he said something last week where he said, he goes, I can't name specifically what happened or when it happened. He goes, but it also, it, 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 he didn't slow say down, slow right? down, but, but, he, it, but that's yeah. what he was kind of referring to is the fact that it just, I could see things a little bit easier now. Yeah. Paraphrasing, yeah. That's what you kept asking for. He, you know, he, he knew it when it, when it happened. But he can't necessarily describe how it happened. It just, when it did happen, hey, this is the way it is. It's happening a little bit slower for me. I can see things now. It happened. Which, which is, all, which which is, is what really, you want. It's an, it's, yeah, it's an extremely encouraging for Bears fans. I, and, real quick, I just want to yeah. talk, if I can, about Trevor Lawrence and everybody about yes, five weeks yes. ago talking about Trevor Lawrence and if they're going to redraft the uh, draft. <laughs> he doesn't have to be Trevor Lawrence, right? nobody's asking you to, you, you got the fourth quarterback in that draft right now. He's probably the second best quarterback in that draft. And when you talk about things slowing down, things have slowed down for Trevor Lawrence also. Yeah. I mean, he's got 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions, 66% completion rate. He's uh, thrown for 3,520 yards. He's going to be that 4,000 yard passer. Now they got some receivers down there. Christian Kirk's down there. They got the other guys, Zay Jones. So they've got some talent down there at the receiving uh, uh, core. But three more games, averaging what he's been averaging over the course of that, you're you're looking probably at about 750 more yards in the final three games, if not more. Mm -hmm. But let's say it's just 750. This guy's going to throw for 4,300 yards. The Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer, all right? That is true. So, you know, when everybody wants to go crazy, listen, you could have two great quarterbacks come out of the same draft. Right now, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to be yes. a great quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're winning games now at six and eight. Or are they seven and seven? Either way, wherever they found themselves, they find themselves. They're in a pretty good situation. They're, the Bears hopefully have the second best quarterback in that draft, or the quarterback should have been drafted second, and will become a guy that can throw for four thousand yards. And that's what we're hoping for. I think that question has been answered for the Chicago Bears, which yes. is the most important thing. That way they don't have to focus on quarterback. All they need to focus on is now let's get some players in here to surround this guy. Yes, surrounding him with some better players to go ahead and take the next step and maybe you know uh, get closer to that Trevor Lawrence level that you're talking about as a passer. Could DeAndre Hopkins be the answer next year? Albert Breer was asked that by Cap and Jay Hood earlier today. I'll share with, share with you what he had to say coming up next. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. So uh, you got to love it. Uh, Justin Fields caught himself as he was explaining a play against the Eagles today. All right, li- listen up here, York. Cause, I'm listening. Because uh, Justin Fields stops himself on this one. I felt like I was down, and then I just felt a 300-pound guy, you know, come coming back. So I'm like, well, pause. You hear that? I'm going to pause. Well, yeah, but did you hear before that? I felt like I was down, and then I just felt a 300-pound guy, you know, come coming back. So I'm like, well, pause. 
Hey, phrasing! Careful. Careful there. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up back? I mean, I think that's... Interesting. Anyway, yeah, I don't moving know. on. I'm trying to figure it I, out. Yeah, it was just... It was... Uh, you know, we had already... I like the nipple rub. And now Justin Fields weighs in with uh, some interesting uh, things that play out on the football field. Nevertheless, I promised you, so Hoodie and Jesse, who was in for cap today, had Albert Breer on, as they do every Tuesday at 8.30, and Albert Breer was asked, I believe it was Jesse who asked this one, so we're talking about finding, you know, solutions at the skill position players for Justin Fields next season. And in particular, I know a name who was floated, I believe Sylvie floated this a week or so ago, and uh, Jesse asked Albert Breer today. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins. The Arizona Cardinals right now look like they could have issues. Not quite sure if Cliff Kingsbury will be back. Steve Keim, their GM, just took a leave of absence for health reasons. But obviously it has not gone as they had hoped this year in Arizona. So could DeAndre Hopkins, who has had a lot of success in the NFL, could he be somebody who the Bears could look to as a solution for Justin Fields? And... What might it cost for the Bears to trade for Hopkins? I mean, he's 30 years old, so obviously that depresses his value a little bit. A lot of people feel like he can't. Like, like and this has been like an ongoing thing with him, but he can't really run, right? Okay. Like, so and I know it sounds funny to say that about yeah. an NFL receiver, but that's the way that NFL people talk about these guys. Like, he's just not. If you're looking for a burner, like he's definitely not that. And you almost the thing about him. That's interesting is you have to be fast around him. You have to have other guys that okay. are going to kind of keep you from keep teams from playing on top of you. And that was why, like, for example, when you know, Bill O'Brien was in Houston, they drafted Will Fuller out of Notre Dame because that guy could fly. Right. Like, and you see what Arizona has tried to do around hop. You know, they drafted um, the kid out of UMass. His name is escaping me, but he was, he could really, really fly. Um, you know, and then obviously they trade for Hollywood. They've tried to be really fast around them, drafted Rondale Moore. Um, so that's the other part of it. So I think for those reasons, and I'm looking at it now, he's on the books for $20 million next year. You know, you add the salary, you add the fact that he's like sort of a specific type of receiver, mm-hmm. and you add his age. And I don't know that you'd have to give up all that much to get him. Like I, I like, and, and 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 another piece is, of course, is who's in charge. Like we don't know who's going to be in charge for them next year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't think you, you'd have to give up a first rounder to get him. Um, and you might not even have to give up a two. So, like, I think he's one of these guys that could be available to somebody in the offseason. Somebody could get a nice deal on him. So there you go. DeAndre Hopkins, as Albert Breer mentioned, the scouts around the league say he can't run. But that you know what? That hasn't prevented him from being a very productive wide receiver. In eight games, remember, he had the six-game suspension to start the season year. Right, right. Um, in eight games so far this year, he's got 63 catches for 713 yards and three touchdowns. And, of course, the last two games, he's had to play you know, primarily with Colt McCoy um, and McSorley as his quarterback without Kyler Murray. So... DeAndre Hopkins, is that a name who, even though Albert Breer says some scouts around the league say he can't run, is that somebody you might be interested in, even especially considering the idea that, you know, he wouldn't have to give up a ton necessarily to get him? Well, I, I wouldn't want to be giving up anything. I'd want that to be a situation where they wanted to move him, and then he gets out there in the free market, and then you go ahead and get Just a sign. hold of him that way. You don't want to give up a, a, like a late-round pick I don't want to give all? up anything right now for uh, uh, any... Um, any veteran receiver, mm-hmm. um, and if the worry is that he can't move anymore, 
or that he can't run? Is that the concern? Well, that I, I mean, so he's not a burner, but I've watched DeAndre Hopkins all year long, and truth be told, he's just somebody who look. He plays like he's like a like. I, I would bet if you ask people, hey, how tall is DeAndre Hopkins? A lot of people who watch, who casually follow the NFL right. would guess he's a lot. They would guess he's a lot bigger than he actually is. Because of the way he plays, he's listed at six foot one. Right, but he's somebody who like he high points the ball. I think better than any other receiver in the league, and so he's just got a good catch radius. If I didn't already give up a second pick for Chase Claypool, I'd be willing to give up I was something ask you. for DeAndre Hopkins. But I've already done that once. Yeah, and I don't necessarily know at this point if DeAndre Hopkins would, quite frankly, be worth it. If he became a free agent, and all I had to do was pay him, yes. The one thing that we've made mistakes here in the past have been moving all your draft capital away yeah. and getting players. You know, And then in this offense right now with the development of your quarterback, does he make the development easier or does he make it more difficult? Will he ever be wide open enough for him to be comfortable to be able to go to him? Mm-hmm. Or will always be covered? Listen, Chris Carter at the end of his career Couldn't move. was always covered. Yeah. But they put the ball where only he could catch it, and he'd double-tap his toes, and he'd catch the ball for a first down yep. every time. Every time. Every time. And then but, you get the first down right, signal. And the first down signal. But that's, what Chris, horn. that's what Chris Carter gave you. And you knew it. He wasn't going away from anybody, and he'd probably get away with a shoulder shove and an elbow more than anybody else, and still the defender's on top of him. But the ball got thrown to the outside. He catches it, double-taps it. Yep. He wasn't scaring anyone going downfield. But you then had to have a quarterback that was willing to go ahead and throw it in tight areas like that. And is your quarterback ready for that? That's the question you ask yourself. If the answer is my quarterback is ready for a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that's not going to be wide open, but a guy that plays bigger than he is and can catch everything that's thrown to him, then that answer might be yes. Now, I, I, It's funny because you said you know the Chase Claypool trade that they've made at the trade deadline kind of restricts your wants to go ahead and trade you know additional draft capital for another guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins obviously is much more proven at the NFL level. He is older yeah. um, and he's making significantly more money. 19.45 next year. But he is significantly you've better. You've got money. Yes. Yeah, and you've got money. And, and so when I hear Albert Breer say that you know the value is suppressed and you might not have to give up. Now you're you're right. You you don't want to turn into Ryan Pace here. But Boy, he he. I still think DeAndre Hopkins gets it done, and if you could make a deal for him for a fifth round pick, that's something that's because I don't know where Chase. How are you? How are you feeling about Chase Claypool right now? I'm not feeling good yeah. at all. I mean, that's but, the problem. But we've gone about the business of saying, you come in in the middle of the year, you got to relearn a new offense. Baker Mayfield can't uh, learn a new offense no, you're in right. Los yeah. Angeles. He doesn't look good today. He looked good against the Raiders because the Raiders make everybody look good when they've got a double digit lead. Um, I would say we've given Claypool the offseason to learn, get accustomed, get acquainted, become comfortable with. And then eight games in next year, yeah. I'll be happy to judge what Chase Claypool is or isn't. Yes. I'll be able to do that. But you're talking 19-4 with a $2,250,000 option. So that number next year goes up to 21-7. And the year after that, that number isn't quite as low as it looks. It's going to be seventeen million next year, but it's yeah. over after that. Yeah. And what, what? So if you use them to help develop your quarterback for two years, yes. But I'm not giving anything up to get DeAndre Hopkins because I've already done it for Chase Claypool, and I can't afford to give anything. See, I hear you. 
But I and and I certainly don't want to give up uh, the second they have a third. But if we get into the later draft rounds, I'm intrigued because I think DeAndre Hopkins to your point, helps develop Justin Fields. I I think he's somebody who we've seen at this point. If you're giving a second for Chase Claypool, what are they asking for DeAndre Hopkins? I'm just going off of what Albert Breer asked, you know, because of the money. What Breer saying? Well, he he told us that, you know, the value is suppressed because he doesn't think, you know, and so maybe it would have to be a situation where the Cardinals are looking to get off of him, maybe because they have a new coach or a new GM in place. But that's a name, I mean, like initially I thought, oh, it's going to cost a yeah. second round pick easy. Yeah. But if, if Breer says no, nah, it might not cost that much. I'm intrigued. Their cap, their cap uh, hit is going to be 22-6 after this year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to absorb a big cap hit over there. I'm looking at it and I'm like, the, the money doesn't bother me. And I think, he, again, I, I, he's never been reliant on his speed. You know, he's been somebody who's always been, to your point, he might age like a fine wine like Chris Carter. Chris Carter was a very productive player into his mid-30s, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Like, Chris yeah. Carter was playing into his mid-30s. And I don't know if any of these voids... The player can void the contract. He can avoid 2024 by doing one of these three across 2020 to 2023. So you're going to have to go over it. If he gets 400 total receptions, 5,000 total receiving yards, 40 touchdowns, or four all-pro seasons. Four all-pro selections. Yeah, that's, he's already well so, into... I don't know if he's hit an all-pro with the Cardinals because he was hurt the one year. Right. And I don't know if he's going to be able to touch any of those stats yeah. either. So I've got to go take a look real quick. He had uh, 115, 42, 63. It's only 200. He's not going to hit 400 you know it, receptions. He's not going to hit It sounds the like all those clauses were put in place so that if he did exceed whatever, like right. absurdly not level, he would be able to go at and hit the market and you know get an even bigger payday. At least, if just based on what you're reading, you know, well, he, he might still be there. able to get a thousand yards here, dude. I'm telling. And how many games, Yerk? It, it'll be eleven games. I mean, he, he is a productive player. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah, he, he, he might be able to get a thousand yards, which would put him at three thousand yards. Let me get back to this thing because if he can avoid 2024, 5,000 receiving yards, it'll be tough. He'd need yeah. to get eighteen hundred yards. But my, but but just goes to show how productive he can be. And for a guy who, if they're in league circles, they're like, he can't run. He's still getting it done. Um, and, and I looked right at Chris Carter, to your point. Chris Carter was still uh, going over 1,000 yards when he was 35 years old. Yeah. For, he went five straight seasons from 31 through 35, yeah. over 1,000 yards. So well, I told it, you how effective he was in Minnesota and why was that effective. Jake Reed was there also with yeah. him. And then Randy yeah. Moss. Yeah. For that, uh, oh, 98. Yes. Randy Moss came in. Maron. 98 or 99. It was one or two. I think it was 98. Yeah. 98 season, right? Um, 312-332-3776. I see a couple of phone calls on the line. Uh, Tom has a question for Yerko about blocking. I promise we'll get you in next, Tom. And also, if you would like to talk about a game that is slated to be very cold on the lakefront, are you planning to go on Christmas Eve? Let us know. 312-332-3776. Meller in for Carmen on Carmen and Yerko. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko 64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Meller and Yurko hanging out with you here on a cold Tuesday. But it's only going to get colder, and we're asking you, Bears fans, if you're planning on attending a Christmas Eve affair on the length front on Saturday between the Bears and the Bills, and also talking a little bit about 
some possible solutions for the Bears at wide receiver. Maybe could DeAndre Hopkins be that name that uh, Bears fans have been lusting after to pair with Justin Fields to get him a wide receiver, an alpha, if you will. That is uh, what Billy in Berwyn wants to talk about. Billy, you're on with Carmen and Yerko Meller and for Carm today. What's going on? What's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Uh, Thanks for making it. Genuine question, Yerk. If you bring in a guy like like Hopkins into that wideout room, yeah, right. Does he does he bring in like a veteran presence? Does he help make guys like Claypool, uh, maybe even like Bayless Jones? Does he elevate their skill just by having him in the room? Well, you've got to be receptive to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Some guys are receptive to instructions and can observe and can learn and can pick up tips and such like that. You've got to be receptive to it. It's not automatic. He may be willing to share. He may be willing to give. But if the individuals that are there are not receptive to it, he'll have zero impact whatsoever. I think he could have impact. I think he's willing to. I think you could watch the way he plays and the way he works. I think it would be a positive for the room. But the individuals that are there have got to be receptive to it. Answer for you, Billy? That's what you're looking at, Billy. I'm sorry. Well, no, and, and, look, and it has to be, you know, um, I mean, Merck was just talking about watching Hard Knocks and how DeAndre Hopkins has been featured quite a bit in uh, Hard Knocks, the in-season one that is on Amazon. Or is it on Amazon or HBO, Merck? It's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay, so what have you observed from uh, what you've seen from DeAndre Hopkins on? Uh, he, he's been a, I mean, they have last two or three weeks have been a lot on him. Like his mom obviously went through that terrible tragedy when – he was much younger. Yeah. Um, and then, but they were talking about, you know, he did, uh, they, they showed, I think, on Thanksgiving how he has this big charity and he provided dinners and the whole, the whole team showed up there. A lot of the team showed up to help out. But then, like, on the field with, he's, he's been uh, constantly ta- talking to Kyler Murray during the game and told him before the start of the game against the Patriots, don't forget the deep ball, don't always check down, like, you know, give me a chance deep, basically. Yeah. And then as soon as he made that fumble, which led to the, you know, the defensive touchdown, he, he was telling everyone, I'm, it's my bad. I cost us the game. I'm sorry. I'm he sorry. He took the you know, blame on that so, one. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was a bad look for him. Actually, that, that was one of that that was, was his bad play. Yeah. Yeah. He had no excuses not None to take the blame. None whatsoever. Um, but truth be told, he's been a, a very consistent player yeah. in his career. Unfortunate that uh, the timing of it is on the heels of that, because I do think he is somebody who I'd love to see the Bears go out and get. Let's try Pete, who's in McHenry. Hey, Pete, you're on uh, ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Happy holidays to everyone. Um, there was a trade at the deadline for a number one receiver that would have done no good this year, but if I would have liked to seen Paul's uh, Ryan Paul's actually Pete, made a play on it. Before, that was for Pete, Calvin. Ridley. I was just going to say that's Jacksonville a, for a couple of middle rounders. Sure, I was just going to say, just Pete, like to hear what you think on it. Uh, Yerko's guy, Trevor Lawrence, is going to have Calvin Ridley next year. When, yeah. assuming, of course, that he's reinstated, that you know they still needs to go through the process because it's not. He needs to go through the process of being reinstated by the league for we had one of the, the gambling here. suspension. Didn't quite work out for one of the Ridley. This is true. Riley yeah. Ridley did not last it long. Didn't work out. Listen, somebody was going to take a flyer on him. Yeah. And Jacksonville at that point was in a position where they didn't care. We'll take a flyer on him. We'll see what the NFL ends up doing with him. And when he comes back, talent, ton of talent. We all know that, right? Sure. Played at Alabama. Ton of talent there. Was real good player for Atlanta for a little bit. Really excelled yes. as the number two to Julio yes. Jones, the one A, if you will, when right. Julio was yeah. commanding the attention. I don't know if Kelvin really can step in and be a number one wide receiver. Time will De- tell. DeAndre Hopkins is that, but no, you're you're, uh, you're right, Pete. Kelvin Ridley certainly would have 
you know, been an upgrade for the Bears. Oh, I think Calvin Ridley's much better than Chase Claypool. That's for yes, sure. Yes, no doubt about and that. And you got to be willing to be patient. Yes, yes, that is the, that is the truth. Let's try Tom in Oak Lawn, who has a blocking question for you, Yurko. What's up, Tom? I'm ready. Yeah. So, um, so it seemed like uh, they were really having trouble when Philadelphia was running the stunts and everything like that. And to the linemen here, it almost seemed like Cody Whitehair completely forgot how to kind of block a stunt and such, but I don't want to, you know, throw judgment or shade on him yet. And so I just figured maybe your could you kind of explain yeah, the whole like, line, what the, the whole, assignment should be. The whole line had trouble with stunts. So the penetrator was the one that he had to deal with white hair. So you're dealing with the penetrator. The minute the tackle sees that his guy's vacating and going inside, he needs to be able to come down and slam the penetrator, which is the guy that's rushing in the B, B gap. Yep. He needs to be able to come down and slam it. They need to be able to keep their shoulders on the same level because if the penetrator can get to the shoulder of the tackle, there's no way in the world the tackle can slam down on it. When Whitehair leaves to go pick the guy up, Whitehair never left. Whitehair stayed. He didn't feel the slam. By the time he picked up the guy that was twisting Mm -hmm. and coming inside, it was too late. It was over. He may have been too committed. The guy may have had an arm. He's trying to get off. He couldn't get off. That's how one of those ended in. These are not complicated stunts. These are simple stunts, which is my evaluation right after the game was they didn't throw nothing crazy out there. Yeah. They ran basic stunts that usually get passed off quickly. And but they're running them good. The Philadelphia Eagles are running them well. Yeah. And they're executing their stunts. And I would hope, you know, at this point, Cody Whitehair, a veteran, you would hope he'd be more than aware of his uh, responsibilities on the play. Let's try Jeff in Deerfield, who is actually going to the game on Saturday. What are your what's your plan, Jeff? So, all right, so uh, I'm 40 years old, and uh, my old man, you know, has been biggest Bears fan in his entire life, and uh, I'm taking him to his first game, you know, so I bought these tickets for him for Christmas, and uh, sure as shit, you know, it's going to be real cold outside, and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to bundle up, we got our coveralls, our Carhartts, and um, we're going to bring hand warmers, little little plastic bottles of booze, and we're just going to truck it. You know, we're going to we're going to get out there. Probably not going to do too much pre gaming, but we're we're going to get out there and try to enjoy ourselves and make this memory. And I'm just happy to uh, finally be able to do something for my pops. And uh, you know, he's he's never been to a game, so That's, this is uh, dress him warmly. Make yeah, sure yeah. Make sure you bundle warmly. up, Jeff. Wear layers, and as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, maybe bring some newspapers and uh, cardboard into the right. stadium for the uh, ground because your feet, once your feet get cold, yeah. that quickly makes it uh, very difficult yeah. to stick around. The back of your neck gets cold too, and you get a draft on your back. Hello, yeah. how are you? I had uh, Arctic boots mm-hmm. with a liner inside, like for ice fishing. Did they get, uh, they, your feet never got cold. No, no and that's, ever, ever. That's the ideal situation. Keep the feet warm because, yeah, they definitely, if, the, if your feet get cold, all of a sudden you're miserable and it's hard to. Hang and stick it out. Let's try Andrew, who's in Dallas. What's going on, Drew? Hey, guys. Uh, first-time caller. Um, I'm kind of, well, I am a house divided this weekend because my wife is from Buffalo, and I'm a big Bears fan. So we got a little uh, wager going that if the Bills win, I got to buy her one of her favorite bottles of wine. And if the Bears win, she has to buy me one of my favorite six-packs. So do I have any chance of getting one of my favorite six-packs? As the Bears fan, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling good about this setup for you, Yerk. You, you give yeah. the Bears any chance? She's getting she's getting wine. Yeah, she's going to enjoy her wine too. By the way, whatever. Yeah, whatever her favorite is, that you might as well uh, go out and uh, get it ready now because uh, I don't think you yeah. have. It's going to be a rough one for the Bears, yeah. I think, Andrew. 
me and my son, who's a veteran from the Air Force, we were supposed to come to that game um, this year because um, he's a Bills fan. He was born in Buffalo. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my wife just gave us that look like, no, nope, not on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, it sucks we can't come. <laughs> I hear you, Andrew. I know a lot. I know a lot of Bears, uh, a lot of Bills fans uh, who were trying to uh, make the trip were disappointed because of where it fell on the schedule. Because obviously, for a lot of folks, uh, Christmas Eve that's a tough ask, especially if you want to go to a different city. A little bit more problematic trying to get to Chicago and um, basically uh, fold up shop on Christmas. And now, by the way, if you're planning on flying in. For the game, right? Boy, oh boy, you got yourself a, a definitely a treacherous uh, trip out because it looks like the uh, I know Sylvie was mentioning that uh, seems like some of the flights are already being canceled. Yeah, getting ahead of it because of the expected weather, which is not going to be good. Expecting a uh, blizzard on tap, four to eight inches from Tracy Butler earlier today. And uh, some pretty, pretty cold temperatures. So not looking great for a Saturday affair on Lakefront if you're attending. As I said, just plan on dressing warm. Let's go to uh, Honey Bear, who's also going to be at the game, as she usually is. What's going on, Honey Bear? Yeah, how's it going? You tell us. I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem, Honey Bear. What do you got? So, yeah, here's the plan. Um, We have our whole crew coming for tailgating, going to do the usual setup, but we are going to have a very, very enclosed tent situation with as many heaters known to mankind. So that uh, caller that called in saying he was going for the first time, if you need the tailgate, we're at uh, Harrison and Wabash. And uh, we're, we're just planning for the worst, but also the best. Because for me, I mean, I go to games a lot, but I don't have season tickets because I teach. Mm-hmm. I don't make a lot. So I was planning on this game from day one because it's going to be one of the few games I can afford. And their weather is supposed to be a thing. I'm not sure if this is quite qualifying because it's even worse than bear weather. But the main goal for anyone that is going to the game, wear wool socks, wear protect your extremities as much as possible. Um, if you can get kind of like the heat reflector um, insoles for the shoes, you're not kidding when it says if your feet are done, you're done. It's it's bad. Uh, layers, obviously, make sure you're not wearing any cotton for the face. This is what a lot of people don't pay attention to. Um, that wind is no joke, and the wind burn that you're going to get on your face is terrible. You should really use a very thick all-natural cream. I wouldn't do petroleum-based because that stuff can really mess with your skin, but do a really thick moisturizer on the skin, on the skin on your face, on your hands, the thick hand creams, if you're going to do that. Get those hot packs as much as you can. Get the body heat reflector. Obviously, if you have a snowsuit or a snow bib, get that in because it's going to be brutal, but that's why we're, we're the bears. We're the diehards, right? There you go, bear weather. And uh, thank you for the tips, Honey Bear. She gave you a uh, full breakdown on what yeah, you need to do if you're planning on it. that's a full slate right there, kid. So uh, there you go, some tips if you uh, need to know what to do for this Saturday's game as the Bears host the Bills in what will no doubt be, quote-unquote, bear weather. Did bear weather affect the NFL MVP race? Let's answer that coming up next. See what Carmen and Yurko are talking about on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
mm-hmm. my lock of the year. Not of the year, but I, I really loved Connecticut yesterday. On the money line, they lost 28-14, so I'm glad I, <laughs> I didn't have, give that out because that was just an do awful you, game. Do you have any... Uh, no, I got, I got nothing. I yeah, got no, nothing. no lock you want to give out today? I'm, I'm in a really cold, cold stretch right now. Right. What's the Bulls-Miami Heat tonight? I think the Bulls are getting three or four points. Uh, I, th- I thought you were going to say 300. No, did otherwise... you see what they did against Minnesota the other day? One, oh, yeah. 150 you... to 126. Did you see what happened? Who wasn't playing for Minnesota? Yeah, they had uh, Rudy They're... Gobert and, and Towns. Correct. Both of them. Yes, they, they did not play. Yeah. Um, by the way, you know what? Because we were so football intensive yesterday, I did want to mention, because I know you are a uh, quite a big supporter of the big man in Denver. Did you see what he did on Sunday night by chance? You're uh, Djokovic, the Joker. Did you see the Joker, Jokic? Yeah, Jokic. Did no, you what see? did he do on he Sunday? Did? Oh, Merck, you saw it, right? It's ridiculous, yeah. I had, so, ba- I had yeah. Bears game and I had World Cup soccer in the I, morning. You know what? Shame on me because I should have brought yeah. this to your attention yesterday. Jokic had, uh, he did something that only Wilt Cham- Chamberlain did prior to him. He had 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists, Yerk. On Sunday night. That's pretty good. That's a pretty impressive triple-double. He's um, currently 11-1 still for MVP. So He's won the last two, right? So Correct. It's hard to win three in a row. I think that's yeah. what uh, it's been thrown out there. He's 11-1 because they don't think the voters are going to vote for him again. I think right Tatum right now is getting a lot of love because of... Uh, it's a the, two-man race. It's a three-man race. It's Tatum... Uh, Gian- it's Giannis, Giannis and it's yeah. uh, and it's the kid from uh, what am I trying to blank? Doncic from uh, uh, Dallas, Luca. Yeah, but so yeah. But what about what about Jokic? He's a, he's like eleven okay. to one. So those guys so, are all okay. two or so three to so, one. I got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you keep putting up forty, twenty-seven, and ten. I think uh, you're going to get some people's attention. But yeah, um, statistically, I think the problem for Jokic is that he's you know he's gotten to a place where. You know, unless he does what he did on Sunday night, it, it's just kind of like, okay, it's expected, right? Like a triple-double from Jokic at these days doesn't really even, you know, it, you barely it blink. It You barely yeah. blink because it's, it, you know. 40-27-10, and 10, oh, that's just Jokic being Jokic. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, meanwhile, you know, Doncic, he, he ends up uh, hitting these all these triple-double numbers as well. But, hey, Doncic always has the ball in his hands. So, that's kind of come to be expected. As well, right? In, yeah. in some ways, so we'll see. I think I think Gear goes right though. You, you you people get or MVP fatigue, right? After winning two in a row, that's exactly it. Hundred percent correct. You know, it's the same problem that when Jordan didn't win, when Carl Malone and Charles Barkley won MVPs, when clearly Jordan was still the league MVP, and it was you know just okay. Well, who can you uh, give it to now because you want to celebrate somebody else? But the reality is, you probably should just keep giving it to the best player. I would think, right? I would do that. Um, so what did I, I mention something when we were going to break? Forgive me, Mark. What did I say? I wanted oh, it was a to bears related, uh, a bears related item. Fields? Was it? Nah, that, I don't think it was. Fields. No, you said somebody was uh, Green Bay. The cold weather made somebody an MVP candidate. That's right. Oh, Just yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That we're we're talking MVPs. Jalen Hurts. Uh, do you think he was the leader for? He was the betting favorite for MVP prior to him being ruled. I believe he was. Yeah, no, no, but now, since then, since we got news that he's likely to miss Sunday and possibly a couple weeks, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes jumps to, to the top. top. Yeah. Do you think Jalen Hurts, because if Philadelphia struggles for whatever, you know, against the Cowboys over the next couple weeks, does that actually enhance Jalen Hurts' candidacy when you consider 
the Eagles are still likely to get the the top seed and the bye mm-hmm. because all they need to do is win one game or if you know if the Vikings and other teams lose a game the Eagles will clinch the top seed. So I, I has Jalen Hurts done enough work where if the Chiefs don't get the top spot, you don't think so, Yerk? I don't. I don't think he, so. So Hurts is good. I, I think part of part of being the MVP is being there and being alive and 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 playing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it hurts his case. So so, so the Soldier Field uh, uh, cold Mah- weather. Mahomes is going to throw for three more games left, nine hundred yards. He's going to throw for close to five thousand. No, yes. four hundred. Yeah, he's going over. He's at forty five. He, basically, I was four, say, he's going over five thousand. Four thousand four hundred ninety six. He's basically at, you know, fifty four hundred, fifty five hundred. Mm-hmm. He throws for three thirty three a game. He's at another thousand. I mean, I think he gets to fifty five hundred, and with the touchdowns and everything, the th- the shocking thing I heard this week, yeah, was somebody said Justin Jefferson is an MVP candidate. Justin Jefferson is not an MVP candidate. And I'm going to tell you why. If Cooper Cup, with everything that he did last year, did not win, is not an MVP candidate, and he was not. They got one vote. The guy out of Chicago voted for him because uh, Hub Hub voted for mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. He did, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, if it, Cooper it, Cup didn't do it, setting the records that he set last year, yeah, there's no way in the world Justin Jefferson is winning an MVP over a quarterback. It's just the way it is. And McCaffrey's year that he had a couple years. Where yeah. he had twenty four hundred plus yards and twenty some odd touchdowns, and that didn't do it either. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're not winning against quarterback in the NFL now. That's just not the way it works anymore. No, it's a quarterback awarded. It, it, it over the last decade plus has kind of evolved into that very difficult. I think it was Adrian Peterson the last uh, non quarterback yeah, to win. I believe when he went over two thousand yards yep. and he ret- remember he also had the narrative he was returning from a torn ACL. Yeah. Uh, in record time. And so. guys, Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards, and it wasn't even a thing this since then. No, you're and right. And nobody even thought about Derrick Henry being an MVP. And what's crazy is Derrick Henry ran for two, over 2,000 yards in a, in a league that really, you know, basically does everything it can to prop up passers and wants you to pass the ball, right? And Derrick Henry going over 2,000 and having a, you know, a Titans team that was productive still wasn't enough to get him an MVP. Yeah, I'm with you. Justin Jefferson, sorry, it's a great season. Maybe, maybe if you want to say Offensive Player of the Year, I think Cooper Cup won that. Right. That's something you might have uh, That's something a shot you might at. get. I think there's going to be a world record amount of receivers that end up over 1,000 yards this year. With 17 games? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y- you really don't have to do much well, anymore. You've got, you've got nine already, yeah. Eric. Yeah, and uh, with fifty some odd yards now, in seventeen games. That's with, all you need with three games left to play. Yeah, you're looking at easily another. You know, there's going to be another ten easily who go over it in all likelihood. Well, this week I'm looking at probably another seven going in. I was going to say we. You could you could have you could have thirty guys go over a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, I'm year. thinking. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup would have done it, but he's going to be 23. I think you got 22 guys to get over a thousand yards. Well, there's. Easily. I think there's been. How many went last year? I think there's been close they, to that. They were up before. there. The rushing one is yeah. the one that was always kind of a partial, uh, yeah, last a Paul year, number. Last year, 26 receivers went over yeah. 1,000 yards. 312 332 3776. Yurko and I are going to welcome in Waddle and Sylvie for crosstalk in two short minutes. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, did you? Today's final word, word on Carmen and Yuriko. I felt like I was doubting and I just felt a 300-pound guy, you know, come, come on the back. So I'm like, well, pause. 